welcome to another edition of the Goat Zoom Room. And this week is a very big week for Middle Eastern racing as the Saudi Cup, the $20 million event, is going on at, um, at Saudi Arabia, obviously. And also on Friday is Dubai World Cup Carnival. I think it's week seven, uh, one week before the Super Saturday event. And uh, I'm lucky enough to have Dubai Racing's own Laura King on, who is absolutely fabulous on her when she's on Dubai Racing TV and also Michael Adelson. And I'm glad to have you on, uh, Laura, for tonight. Thanks very much. That was quite the intro, and I'm very happy to join you. I um, I want to, I want to, kind of talk about Dubai racing TV real quick, because I think it's, it's a much needed handicapping uh, tool when it comes to the Dubai world cup carnival, because it's so much of the, a lot of the information isn't out there that you normally would get in the States when it comes to the Dubai world cup carnival. And I think your interviews and even with Michael's interviews, and your comments tend to give a better insight. Uh, is that what you guys point to to try to help, say, the domestic market in the States? Oh, thanks very much. I'm glad you're enjoying the coverage. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, we're lucky here. We don't have to particularly focus on, on betting. So we do often focus on the, the interesting stories, the quirky stories. We're able to do that. So that may be not quite as informative uh, for the, the punters. But one thing Michael is, is very good at analyzing races from a pace angle, things like that. So we have a very strong person on the team uh, that's able to do that, thanks to Michael's input. So we're lucky, but we do our best to keep everyone informed. And one of the, the great things about the Dubai Carnival is uh, that the different nationalities that are here. And I think this year I've spoken to trainers and connections from around about 10, 12 different countries. So we try our best to, to give people the information about the horses coming from different countries and how we can best weigh up the form. Do you? I'll I'll do a for instance. I think I think it was important to note that um, I, I was listening. I think it was Foz, You got you were talking to Fozzy Nas, and you were. I think he trains Gladiator King. Please please change that if I'm wrong. Yeah, Bupat Sima trains Gladiator King. Okay, so he came. He came on. He basically, you had an interview with him, and he mentioned the popped abscess prior to his last race in Dubai. Ninety-nine hmm. percent uh, of the people wouldn't have known that had they not been watching your coverage. Um, that's a huge angle to use. Plus, also, I think he also mentioned the fact that he was pointing towards the Saudi Sprint. Um, those are the kind yeah. of things that I wish that that the domestic side would do more of? Yeah, we're lucky, you know, we're very lucky. Most of the trainers here and the jockeys are extremely helpful in telling us things like that. Um, he is indeed in the field for the Saudi sprint. There's two that go for connections in that race. Bupat Seymour runs Gladiator King and also Switzerland. I'd say definitely Switzerland was very impressive last out in the, the listed Gahoud sprint and they purposely kept him fresh for this. I'd say he's very much the first string. The Gladiator King on his best form is very, very good indeed. But he's got a few issues with the stalls. 
as you mentioned, he had that foot issue. So I'm not sure he's really at the top of his game right now. Uh, I just, I just find the way that they that you guys cover everything so uniquely refreshing. Um, Caitlin and I were discussing that last podcast a couple of weeks ago. That one of the things we truly enjoy is the fact that the stewards' notes are out there as well. So you know, Dubai isn't afraid to put out the notes. Uh, horse race done generously was bouncing around mm-hmm. was was in tight. Um, it helps. Obviously, it helps from a handicapper angle, but it also helps with the transparency. Would you Would you like to see that throughout the world to be that way? Um, do you not have that in the states? We do have it in the in the UK. It maybe take it takes a little bit of finding, but they do publish information like that. So I'm surprised to learn you don't have a comparable system. I, I do enjoy reading the stewards' reports. I must admit, sometimes the language can be quite amusing. Um, you know, please ask the, the trainer's been asked to rectify the gelding starting gate manners. Things like that make me laugh. But it's incredibly informative. It's the only way that we find out if horses are lame or they bled, things like that. So, yeah, we're lucky to have that level of transparency. And there's a lot more we could do here. If you look at countries such as Hong Kong and, and Japan, they're weighing horses. We're getting information like that. We don't have here, like you have in the States, we don't have time workouts which I know people over there would, would find quite shocking that we don't have that here. We really don't. So a lot more we could do, but we're lucky with what we have, I suppose. I honestly think that time workouts can be kind of misleading at times. I think sometimes horses work too fast and they look like they're fully all out. And if you just see the time of 47 and four, you think, oh, that was a good work, but visually it wasn't. I think that's one thing that I enjoy about um, Dubai, especially because I watch that every on a weekly basis, is that you have to actually look visually at the race to see if any trouble occurred, if they were truly going faster than they normally do, um, any of that. Because in the States, you look at the times and you're like, oh, well, they went fast early, but they closed late. And here in Dubai or there in Dubai, I think it's a little differently. I think it's, well, it looked like they were going fast, but maybe they weren't. And I kind of enjoy that aspect of it when it comes to a punter's point of view. <laughs> yeah, um, I suppose so. Yeah, we don't get the the lightning fast gate speed that you have in, in, in the States. We did have a little horse, Miras, who came and won the other day, group three on the dirt, and he went so fast. But I did think it was a little bit like the opening quarter of the Golden Shaheen when we get the proper American sprinters over. But uh, yeah, generally we we're not our horses aren't quite as quick as you get over there. Certainly not away from the gate anyway. And a great call with Miros, by the way. I was listening to the Dubai Racing Channel when you when you spoke to the owner, and uh, that was a solid. I wish I would have known that way ahead of time. It's not <laughs> the day yeah. of. I might have had him up a little higher, but I didn't. Let's get to uh, Saudi uh, races first here. Um, obviously, there's a lot of good horses coming in here. We'll start with the main event, the Saudi, the Saudi uh, Cup, which is a $20 million event. A lot of good horses in here um, as far as the likely fields are concerned. I love the way March Lorraine looks in Saudi based on what I saw from, uh, I think Michael had a video of her. Uh, 
looks fabulous. What what do you, yeah. how do you feel about that? How do you feel about that? That feel it's going to be her last run, isn't it? I'm not entirely sure that her form stacks up with the best of these. If I was going to go for a Japanese runner in the race, I'd definitely go with Tio Kane's. I thought he was so, so impressive last time out. I think he's very exciting at the moment. Uh, and I think it's a wide open renewal of the race. I feel that the US horses aren't quite as strong as last year. There's no Nick's go in here. I, li- I love both Mandaloon and Art Collector, but are they quite the finished article that Nick's go was when he was here last year? And then, of course, he was beaten by Mishriff. I don't really see why Mishriff doesn't just win this race again. He could get a similar sort of trip. He could just sit on the heels of Art Collector if he goes forward. And ah, I think he's got a, a monster chance of, of winning it again. The horse is a freak. What he's achieved so far will possibly never be done again. And uh, I do think it's so many you can make a case for. You really could. I mean, Art Collector, uh, Mandaloon, Midnight Bourbon, Mishriff, all very, very good horses. And the, the Japanese that I mentioned, Tio Kane's. It is fascinating. Yeah, I... I love Mishriff. Um, he's he's one of my favorites. I really wished he would have run in, run in the states last year for the Breeders' Cup, and I hope they point him toward that this year because I think he's I think he would be so fabulous in it, and he would be tough to beat. Uh, the Long Jeep yeah. Red Sea Turf Handicap is that is the next race we're going to look at. Two point five million dollars, obviously. Uh, Sonny Boy Liston gets the nod here. Um, I was really impressed. I've, I've been impressed with Siskani and Dubai Future um, with their UAE efforts. Um, what can you tell us about some of those horses and also some, if you know anything about some of the Japanese horses? Well, Sonny Boy Liston's a very interesting horse. Obviously, he won that Group 1 Irish St. Ledger. That gives him his, his highest rating in here of, of 116. He hasn't had all that long off the track. And I was actually there when he won that race back in September. And Johnny Murta was thinking pretty seriously about this race then. So he should be pretty tuned up. Um, I think he's probably the best chance of a European winner in it. But Siskani, last time out, was very, very impressive. It was only a listed race, but he won extremely well. My concern with him is he can throw in the odd horrible run for no particular reason. So that would be a worry. But he'd be the pick of the Godolphin horses by... A long way. And I think I'd probably chance that he'll be in the same vein of form and go for him as my most likely winner of, of this race, I think, uh, ahead of the, the Japanese runners. They've got Stay Foolish in here, of course, um, who certainly you wouldn't rule out. Christophe Lemaire on board, um, you know, pro- prodigious, um, successful trainer, Yoshito Yahagi. But uh, for me, I think I'd chance that uh, our boy... Siskani's still in that that winning vein. I, I I thought his win was so so visually impressive um, that you kind of have to take a look at him and make a point to to kind of circle him and see how he acts before the race. And if he's on toes, he's definitely going to be one to to watch. Yeah, I agree with you. He is just, as I say, a little bit tricky. I think they're still trying to figure him out, but he showed a nice turn of foot last time, and uh, yeah, yeah, he's he, getting he a bit did. of weight as well off some of the older horses, so he's got to have a leading chance. Uh, the Saudi Derby is uh, the next race we'll look at, $1.5 million, 1,600 meters. This is only a mile on the dirt. 
Um, some of these sources have gone further already, um, but uh, obviously consigliere is the main draw here that I think most people, I think is probably going to be the one to beat. I think Island Falcon might be underneath these right now. Uh, Kiefer hasn't shown me much, to be honest with you. Um, and then Bob Baffert's got Pinehurst coming over here instead of running in the States, which is kind of confusing. But um, he's going to have a good shot there. I, again, think this is really, really open. Totally take on board what you're saying about Consigliere. Um, but uh, I love Kiefer. I think this horse has got a massive amount of talent. The problem with him and the other Uruguayan horse, Perfect Love, is they have to give weight away. Perfect Love was fourth in the Uruguay Derby. That form has worked out really well in that the winner of it won the biggest race in Uruguay, beating older horses since. Um, but Kiefer's two runs in Dubai have been really good. I'm hoping he can engage him in the race a little bit. Little bit. He's going to have to over a mile be a bit more forward than he's been so far in his two starts here in Dubai. But the horse has got the ability to win this for sure. The Godolphin horses are trying dirt for the first time, but it is a European-friendly dirt, as we know. So Island Falcon, Noble Truth's got some great form. He handles soft. He ha he's been second in a, a group one. Um, so he's very, very interesting. And I like Island Falcon as well. I, I think they'll all um, adapt okay to the, the dirt. So, yeah, and then Pinehurst, I thought, looked a bit of a monster last year. So I don't really have any firm opinions on it, but I certainly wouldn't be dismissing Kiefer. I just really like the horse. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, Kiefer made that big move um, in his last start, right? Where he Yeah, and then just got mugged by Azure Coast, yeah, the UAE 2000 guineas, yeah. Yeah, okay. I, I'm glad you brought him up. Um, I would have dismissed him if uh, you hadn't brought him up. <laughs> um, it is a quick turnaround, so, you know, he's not got everything in his favor. So we were talking about uh, Switzerland Gladiator King earlier in regards to the Riyadh Dirt Sprint. $1.5 million. Switzerland ran in this last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, mm -hmm. Campano Kicking, uh, Dancing Prince, Chain of Love are all Japanese-based horses. Also, Rudy Triggers run at the UAE this year. Um, what do you? How do you feel about this race, and um, where would you go there? And also, Ginobili for Baltus. Yeah, I, I like Switzerland here. Just on the angle that they've kept him fresher for this race last year, it's been more of a targeted campaign. Um, so I think he's got a lot in his favor. He looked really good. He looked better than ever winning. It was only a listed race. That's the only thing, but he looked better than ever winning that on, on, on January the 1st. Capano kicking obviously won the race last year. So you wouldn't ever want to dismiss him. Um, so they'd be the two for me is if you, you can throw out good effort. I don't think it's nearly in the form that he was this time last year. He's sort of cheap speed or go forward early and, and Rudy trigger. I was disappointed with last time, whether he wasn't fully fit. I don't know. If you couldn't dismiss that field of three-year-olds, it's going to struggle against the older horses here. Uh, I I agree with everything. I think I think the one thing with Switzerland that kind of disappointed me last year was I think they didn't. I think if I'm not mistaken, the stake race he won in Dubai before running in the third sprint was after he had uh, been made a gelding, and he ran huge. And then he kind of flattened out in, in the sprint. This year they gave him more time off in between, like you said. I kind of like that as well. And he's always been one of my favorite horses, even in the States. Uh, the yeah, that's exactly it. They say he's just a different horse this year. They've figured him out, what he likes, what he doesn't like. So 
definitely treat him seriously, I think, in this one. Nice. I like that. Uh, turf sprint, 1.5 million. Uh, turf start uh, or turf. Uh, this was at 1351 meters. Casa in here for the States. Uh, Happy Romance. Into Scheiden. Uh, Naval Crown was impressive in his win. Um, Songline, who do you like in here? Well, Naval Crown's quite interesting because obviously Charlie Appleby won this race last year with, with Space Blues, um, who was kind of tailor made for this in the distance. Whereas when Naval Crown won the Alpha Healy fought last time over seven furlongs, he was very much, oh, I don't think we'll send him to Saudi. He needs the seven furlongs, but I think the money has swayed them. I think this is a proper horse, but I'd just be a bit concerned about that slight cutback in, in distance. An interesting one in here at a bit of a bigger price could just be Happy Power. Goes over for, for the UK for Andrew Boarding and King Power Racing. He's got some pretty good form in the UK. Um, I think the cutback in trip might just... It's actually a little step up in trip from the last time we saw him uh, at Ascot on Champions Day. But he just could be an interesting one. But it's a race that I've got no firm opinions on, to be honest with you. Um, nothing massively jumps out at me in that one. It could be a race that, that throws up a bit of a surprise. Uh, and then the final race we will look at is the Neom uh, Turf Cup. It's at 2,100 meters turf. Uh, Channel Cat for Sisterson is in here. Pile Driver, who's run a couple couple of good races in his career. Solid Stone, by the way. I just saw a photo of him. He looks absolutely incredible. Um, and Authority. Any opinions here? Well, Authority, I think, is probably the one to beat from Japan. Tetsuyi Kimara, the trainer there, I think he's got a uh, obvious claims. Um, Channel Cat, oh, he's running the Pegasus Surf, wasn't great. And I think Chuck Sisterson's admitted that they're on a bit of a, a kind of farewell tour with him, should we say? Um, so I'd be a little bit put off him. Passion and Glory is very quirky for Saeed Bin Saroor, not a fan of that horse. And I think Kyle Driver needs every inch of a mile and a half. So I kind of come down to solid stone as a real improver for the Sir Michael Stout Yard. He could be the one in that one. I wouldn't rule out the Philly Bayer either. She disappointed me on a couple of occasions last year. New trainer, Francis uh, Graffard, now takes over the Aga Khan horses. It's the sort of race that, that maybe she could she could have a say in. But uh, if you push me for a selection there, I'd probably go with Solid Stone. I, I will not push you for a selection because I, I've been looking at these races for the last two days and I've been completely confused with a lot of the ones yeah. that are on the undercard of this race because you could go anywhere and uh, find anything. Now, one thing, one thing I do want to talk about before we let you go is obviously the Dubai World Cup Carnival. Um, are there any trends that you have been noticing that people should be made aware of heading into like uh, Super Saturday or even like the Dubai World Cup itself? Uh, early in the day, the dirt track plays to speed. We've, we saw this last year in the good open mile. We've seen it a couple of times this season when we start racing around three o'clock. The early races, the good open mile, as, as I mentioned, to a lesser extent, the UAE derby, they're going to play for speed. So just bear that in mind with the, the early dirt races on, on Super Saturday. Um, but it's not to say they haven't been closing. As we mentioned earlier, Azure Coast has been coming from, from way back to win the Guinea. So it's not a... Um, uh, sort of dead set thing it's just as I said when it's a bit hotter the track seems to just play to speed 
beyond that, um, it's been pretty fair. The turf has been pretty fair, I'd say. Um, the main story of the carnival, we've had a nice international carnival, but at the same time, Charlie Appleby has been incredibly dominant. Looking ahead to Super Saturday and even more so Dubai World Cup, he could well pick up three or four races. He's so strong right now. Yeah, he's... It's kind of like you pick your poison with Charlie right now and everyone else is running for second and kind of, kind of hard to do it. Um, kind of hard to, kind of hard to figure out which, which Godolphin horse is going to run big, right? It's like one horse will run, run to form. The other one won't. And then all of a sudden the one that hasn't run to form jumps up and wins. So it's kind of interesting to see that. Uh, one thing I did want to mention, you know, you mentioned the international. This this year has been really, really impressive. Uh, you, Uruguay uh, has been coming over for the last couple of years now, and they've obviously enjoyed the carnival because, I mean, who doesn't enjoy those purses? Um, but also because they're pretty they're pretty competitive here, uh, or in Dubai. I can say here like I'm there, um, but. What about uh, like Russia's brought horses in this year? Uh, the Scandinavian countries have brought horses in here. Um, the Scandinavian countries, to some extent, have not been very successful. Is it because they still haven't figured out how to manage the the track or how they train, or is it just a little about? So what, what the trainers will tell you that have come here from, from Scandinavia, particularly Niels Peterson, who's got a big team here, and he's training in minus 10. Um, and then he's coming here and the weather's sort of 20. It's a massive climate change for these horses. He wanted to bring them in a lot earlier, sort of November time, and for whatever reason, logistics and things like that, he couldn't. So he basically, when he leaves Scandinavia, they're under two feet of snow he can barely train his horses and then they come here to a very warm climate well, not very warm we are in our winter here it's not all that hot but uh, still the horses just kind of they come from not being that fit because they can't really train them and he doesn't have much time to turn them around so he will tell you that's the reason that the Scandinavians struggle and it has been noticeable this this carnival which is a, a real shame yeah I was I was high on a couple of them uh Jarrett was one of them that I was like, oh, wow, I I'm, can't wait to see this horse run. Maybe if he runs into form, maybe if he races into, form, races into fitness, he might be better off as they go further on. Master Bloom is another one that I saw. I thought he made a great run the first time out and then hasn't kind of followed it up. Uh, the Russian horses have impressed me, um, especially Azure Coast, who just – flattened that UAE field the other day. Um, are there any three-year-olds there that you feel are are worth a look in the UAE Derby? Um, I mean, I don't know that he's going to be able to do that again. As I mentioned, the track can be, can be speed favoring um, on the night uh, of the Dubai World Cup, whether he's going to be able to close like that. I really don't know. We've got a few nice three-year-olds. There's one that's yet to run. Um, I don't know his name, but he's going to be for this, from the Salem Bingadea team that also have Raw Week. Uh, so he's just watch out for the, any debutante that they make over the next couple of days. I mean, they're running out of time, of course, for the, to get one into the UAE derby. But that one could be interesting. Um, Quality Boone as well has impressed me. Um, he was 
Last time finished third behind Kiefer and Azure Coast. He's one for the Uruguay. But he could be interesting. He goes in the Albastakia first. And we'll get more of an idea as to the Derby picture when we run the Albastakia on March the 5th, the prep for the Derby. And two final questions. One, I kind of liked I kind of like Michael's uh, comment on Shahama the other day. A lot of people were saying uh, he he basically said, you know, this Philly this Philly's got a lot of class, which he's right. He, she has a ton of class. Um, but I love how Twitter does take take to it and say, well, she can't beat any of the state horses. That Philly's got a lot of class. What do you? What? Do you, how do you feel about her? And um, I would be remiss if I did not bring her up. I am a fully paid-up member of the Shahama fan club. I love her, but I I totally get it. If she goes over to the Kentucky Oaks, she can't miss the breaker length like she did the other day. She was jumping shadows. She was scared by the music. She's not going to handle Churchill Downs on the first Friday in May if we have anything like that. I get the impression that they might not go there. She'll go to the states for sure. There are so many winnable grade ones that she can target without going anywhere near Kentucky. I don't know. I haven't got the definitive answer, but it, she may well skip the UAE Derby and head to the States and skip the Kentucky Oaks as well. Fascinated to see where she does turn up because I do think she's got prodigious talent. But I'm just not sure whether the UAE Derby or the Kentucky Oaks are the races for her to show it to best effect. I think, I think people just paying attention to the stretch run of that race or even any of her stretch runs and don't fully grasp how much work she had to do last out and still did it in a hand ride. Oh, uh, amazing. Yeah. The, the only thing is, you know, class. she's only beating fillies. She's beating the same fillies each time. Okay. Arabian gazelles did really well last time. Um, and, and she's a nice filly who finished second, but it'd be lovely to see her in the Derby to see how she does face up against the Colts, but I have my reservations, but as we say, we don't actually know yet where she, she does go next. I, Caitlin and I were discussing that. Caitlin, Caitlin and I were discussing that. We had already planned out her, her races all the way through Breeders' Cup uh, one day. Yeah. We're like, mm -hmm. we're like, she's got to run in the UAE Derby, and then from the Derby, if she wins that, then you bring her to the States and you wait and you run her in a grade one in the summertime. It's like we have this whole thing planned out because the Phillies got immense talent. But as you said, she's also still green because she's a young three-year-old. Yeah, she's not even three yet, is she? I think she's a, a, May, a May birth. So they'll do the right thing by her, that's for sure. They won't rush her. Yes. And I would like to thank you for coming on. Um, I would like to bring up Southampton, but they're ahead of the table on Aston. <laughs> We're doing all right at the minute. Yeah. Happy right now. Yeah. Um, as long as it's not the bottom three, I guess we should all be happy. Absolutely. Um, but uh, thank you. Always. The coverage that you guys provide is beneficial to anybody and everybody. I think it's better than what is covered in the States out here through TVG and all that. And um, I'm glad that it's available to everybody online and they can watch it and learn some things because I think it's important. Well, thank you very much for your, your kind words and I uh, hope we can continue to, to uh, provide the coverage that, that, that you all enjoy. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye.